You might be in an intimate relationship. I hope you are because intimacy matters. Relationships matter. In fact, intimate relationships offer huge benefits to the body, the soul, your longevity, your health, your well-being. You actually are have increased and improved odds at surviving almost any calamity if you're in an intimate relationship. You thrive when you feel intimately connected to others. Now, you might be dating. You might be married. And you might feel disconnected. Now, before you point the finger at somebody else and say, yeah, I just don't have that intimate, loving relationship, maybe there's something that you can do to actually improve your intimacy. Now, when you think of intimacy, you might think about cuddling up on the couch in front of the TV or a fireplace. You might think about a deep, connected conversation that you have. But maybe intimacy is something different. And maybe actually you possess what is necessary to increase the intimacy of all of your relationships. And what might that be? Communicating your wants. Being able to communicate with intimacy your inner world, your truth. Because the small, the big things that you do actually will help you to be feeling more loving and connected. And there are steps that you can take, practical steps I'm going to talk about in communicating your wants so that you can have a more intimate relationship. Remember, there is an ease you can experience in all of your relationships. The goal is to strengthen them by beginning by strengthening the relationship, the primary relationship, the most important relationship you have, which is the relationship with God. And I want to begin by speaking about what Paul says in Galatians. And again, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but I love it. He said, what happens when you live God's way? Well, he brings gifts into your life, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, like like things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. And I want to include intimacy. You can develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. You can find yourself involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force your way in life, but able to marshal and direct your energies wisely. But it begins by first living God's way. Then those other relationships can follow suit. Now, there's two aspects about wants that I think are important. I'm only going to focus on one. One is really listening to other people and their needs, really giving somebody that gift of understanding their perspective, their life, their hopes, their dreams, their wants, and that's important. But there's another aspect that might be even scarier for you, and that involves communicating your wants, your needs, your hopes, your goals, your dreams, And there's a lot of reasons why it might be difficult for you to communicate your wants. But it is important for you to feel understood yourself, to be able to communicate your wants if you really want that intimate relationship. And I'm going to be so bold as to say, you want that intimate relationship. For the most part, those service level relationships just leave you feeling kind of like, "Eh, how was your night? That's okay. 
<laughs> but when you really communicate what it is that you love, that you want, that you need, and that other person is able to listen to it, of course, then that changes everything. But the first real hurdle to navigate for you to be able to communicate your needs so that you can develop that more intimate relationship is to first understand yourself. Being able to develop that sense of self-awareness so that you can manage yourself. That's what some people call emotional intelligence. Who are you really? What do you really need and want? What do you desire? What do you feel? These are all parts of healthy personal development. Paul speaks about it this way. Because you might say, oh, how do I actually develop the skill of communicating my wants and needs? Again, very important because you want an intimate relationship. And Paul says in Romans 12, he said, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're working, you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. And I think this is important because God wants to, you to feel known and loved completely. God doesn't want you to just show up to church on Sunday and say, oh, here we go, Lord, I, I'm, I'm now communicating what I want from you, and you're going to give me what I want. No, God wants to know you in total. That's real intimacy. And that's the kind of relationship I want to suggest that you want in all of your relationships, at least those relationships that you consider the primary relationships, the relationship with your spouse, your family members, your close friends. But Paul goes on to say in Romans 12, he said, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And here's where it gets interesting. That's all interesting. <laughs> but this is the point that I want to make. Paul says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. In other words, you've got to stop. You've got to take the time. You've got to reflect and say, what is it that really matters to me? What do I really want? What is it that I'm supposed to do? What actually creates this life of purpose and meaning to me? And how do you do that? Drum roll, please. Fix your attention on God, Paul says. And you will be changed from the inside out. Recognize what he wants from you and respond to it. Again, unlike the culture around you, dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And your mature relationships are those intimate relationships that, yes, include a lot of other aspects, but the one that I'm focusing on today is being able to communicate your needs. Now, there's a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to go into great depth why it might be difficult for you to communicate your needs. But in short, if you were a child, and let's say you went to your mother or your dad and you said, Mom, 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 I want to go to Disneyland. Or Daddy, Daddy, can we go on that trip? And they turn to you and shut you down with like, how dare you ask that? You know we can't afford to go to Disneyland. This family is in crisis. We're in uh, inflation. You're lucky you've got food on the table. Now shut up and be grateful. <laughs> I hope you didn't experience that, but you might have experienced some version of that. And so you learned early on that expressing your needs was not safe. It was not okay to have wants and desires. 
And so, of course, you never learn to communicate them after that. Now, it's not that your parents have to give you everything that you wanted as a child for you to be able to effectively communicate your wants now. In fact, good parents requires that you say no frequently to your children. That doesn't stop you from learning how to express your needs. But if your parents said to you instead, oh, we'd love to take you to Disneyland. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Or we'd love to go on that trip, but we just can't do it right now. You know what? Maybe we can save up. Maybe we can plan for it. And maybe next summer we can go do that trip. See, you're still not getting what you want. But you have learned that it's okay to communicate your wants and needs. And when you can do that with another person, that develops the intimacy in that relationship. Again, you can be transformed with your faith, with that relationship first with God who says, I want you to present your prayers, your petitions to me. I want you to tell me about your life, not just the high-minded things, but your everyday life. God wants to be a part of that life. John says in 1 John chapter 4, he said, God is love. And when you take up a permanent residence in a life of love, in other words, when your faith encompasses the totality of your life, God living in you, you living in God, he says, love has the run of the house. And love becomes at home and mature in you so that you're free from worry. You don't have to worry about saying, God, I want this, or I need this, or I desire this. And when you really, your life is transformed by that love, then you can also develop that sense of, I want to communicate to you, my spouse, my friend, what it is I want and need. Because that's the intimate life. You see, well-formed love banishes fear. And fear is crippling a fearful life, a fear of death, a fear of judgment. That's a life that's not yet fully formed in love. And so even if you didn't feel that sense of love, your faith is that place where you can develop that internal belief, I am loved, I am worthy, I can communicate what I want. And don't think that just because you can communicate that you want what you want to your spouse, that you're entitled to get that want met. Again, just like a good parent frequently has to say no to a child, your spouse, your friend might not be able to give you what you want. But communicating that want is so important to develop a life of intimacy. Look, understanding your emotional world is really challenging. Because you're talking about understanding your own feelings and reactions. And those are based on your early childhood experiences. And maybe if you internalize this sense of fear, all of these things can make it very difficult for you to even understand what it is that you want. But that is the first step. Before you can communicate what you want, you have to understand it. Right? You wouldn't go into a restaurant and tell the waiter, waiter, bring me what I want. (laughs) although I sometimes want to do this because I don't want to look at that menu. There's 48 things on there. Just bring me what you think is good. I've done that before. But let's say the waiter says to you, "Uh, no, you actually have to tell me what you want. I don't know what you want. And that would be appropriate for him or her to say that to you. And that might be the difficulty you have first and foremost 
is understanding your internal world, that desire, the wants that you have. So how do you actually get to that place where you understand what you want? Now, the psychobabbly term that a lot of people use, and I don't mind it, I kind of like it, is mindfulness. That sense of just being in the here and now. And, and quite honestly, that's completely consistent with Scripture. God doesn't want you worrying about future events because you can't live in the future. He doesn't want you constantly upset about the past because the past is gone. But right here and now, that's what mindfulness is. It's about clearing your mind and noticing what arises in the silence, those thoughts, those feelings. And sometimes when you actually can just notice what's going on, you can remove yourself from that emotional attachment. You know, you can just watch those thoughts and the associated feelings and just observe them as they float away or diminish. Because, see, the goal of mindfulness to getting into the moment is so that you can be calmer, so that you can then begin to discern the next steps, the next desires, the wants that you want to communicate. Now, again, you may have, as a child, learned that it's not okay to have wants, but God clearly wants you to understand your internal life. He wants you to grow up, to be well-formed, as John says, to be mature, to be shaped by love. Paul speaks about it in 1 Corinthians. He said, you know, when I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled like any other infant. But when I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. You might believe right now that your life can't be better. But what I want to suggest is that you might be still attached to all those infant understandings, those childhood understandings of communicating wants. And if you can't communicate what you want, your intimacy life does not thrive. Life can change, even if you don't notice how it can change. I love this example that Paul gives in Romans chapter 4 because this is what really separates us from looking at what you and I think we can do with our lives and what instead God can do in your life. God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have so many children, they're like sand on the seashore. (laughs) And Abraham was an old man when God said this. He was like 90 years old. No, Abraham said, well, I'm not sure about this, but Sarah, are you willing to try? Have some kids? <laughs> and she was about 80. And then about 10 years later, right, Abraham's about 100 and Sarah's about 90. That's when it all began. Abraham didn't look at Sarah and her decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He just plunged into the promise. Okay, God, you're God, I'm not. And that was the difference. But this isn't a story just about Abraham. This is a story about you. You might not think that you can develop this intimate relationship where it's okay to communicate your wants, but you actually can. But what I would suggest is you might have to step away from that own critical voice that you've internalized. It's not okay. I don't deserve to have wants. And instead, listen for God speaking to you. Because when you pray, when you meditate on on God's love for you, 
when you separate yourself and get away so that you can listen to that quiet voice of God, then your life can be transformed. Then your brain, your heart can be clear and allow yourself, allow God to speak through that confusion. I try not to make any major decision without first quieting myself, those fearful voices. And then I pray, and then I listen for that small, still voice of God, bringing him into not only the big decisions, but the small decisions. And to make any kind of decision, what you're saying is, I want to do this. I want to go back to school. I want to get married. I want to move. And chances are, a lot of your life, you're going to have to combine your efforts with other people so that you can accomplish what it is that you really want to do. For the most part, we cannot live on an island. None of us are meant to live in solitary confinement. You're meant to actually live and thrive within relationships. And again, taking your life, your everyday life, your ordinary life, and placing it before God. And then that's what the intimate life looks like. Your earthly relationships is taking it all and opening up and saying, this is what I want, this is what I desire. And again, it's not that you deserve to get everything that you want. Life isn't about just you getting everything. Frequently it's not. But to be able to communicate... Oh, I desire to do this or that. Now, one of the ways to get out of your mind and heart, because a lot of times it's your emotions that get in the way of communicating authentically what you want. That's why I'll frequently tell clients, right, that are working with me as a therapist, I say, you know, practice journaling. You know, so that you can just get everything out. So you can just blah, all that stuff out on a paper. Then you can look at it and say, yeah, this is important. This isn't important. Because sometimes it's your anger. You look at your spouse or you look at these other intimate relationships. And because of your, uh, your anger or because of your fear, you're not willing to open up and to share what it is that you want. And again, depriving yourself of that deeper intimate relationship. But you got to slow down. James speaks about it this way. In the book of James, chapter 1, he said, lead with your ears. So in other words, it's not going to be helpful for you to just blurt out everything that you want. You first have to listen. You first have to listen to God, what's appropriate, what is really good for me to have in my life. Let me listen to my spouse. Let me first be attuned to what they want. But then you slow yourself down. You don't lead with your tongue. But you let all those emotions, the fear, the anger, slowly trickle away. You let God landscape you with the word of God. You slow down. See, because when you can begin to live in that place of truth, then you will have more clarity on what it is that you really want. Now remember, your wants frequently will be in conflict with what other people want. Even those people who are very close to you, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your family member. And that's okay. 
It's okay to have wants that are different. Again, keep in mind that you're not entitled to get everything that you want, but you are entitled to speak freely of what you want, to have those wants respected. But you also have to keep in mind that what you want might be in conflict with what is possible or doable or what somebody else wants. Just because this is your truth, I want this. Okay, but you might not get that. And Paul says in Romans 14, I'm always quoting Paul, (laughs) but he's my favorite, I must say. Paul said, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way that you do. In other words, when you communicate your wants and they're in conflict with somebody else, you still welcome that person with open arms. You don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with or that's in conflict with what you want. Paul said, even if they're strong in opinions but weak on faith, remember they have their history to deal with and you have your history to deal with. So your job is actually to treat one another with gentleness and kindness when communicating wants and needs. You can only guess And sometimes even trying to understand your own wants can be extraordinarily difficult. And to actually communicate what it is that you want, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. Because to say to your spouse or that person who is close to you, honey, I really want this. What you're doing is you're communicating the core of your life, those deepest desires, the most intimate parts of you. And that requires real vulnerability and real risk. Because when you communicate in that way, you might risk being hurt. If somebody else says, well, I know you want that, but I can't give that to you. But if you can do that, if you can communicate wants, if you can listen to wants, and do so respectfully, then you won't be hurt. But yes, it does require a certain vulnerability. You have to practice this. It is not anything that comes easily. Developing that intimate relationship, which will include communicating your wants, it's not easy. There aren't any shortcuts to doing this kind of work. But what you want is a vibrant and an intimate connection with yourself and with others. But you've got to practice these skills. You've got to be willing to change. And that's the message of the gospel. Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist, change your life, he said. Change your life. It's not just about these externals, but your internal life being changed to really understand what you want and communicating that in love. Because your life does count. Your wants do count. Paul said in Romans, he said, you can't just point your finger at other people. Well, they don't know what I want. There's a good chance they don't know what you want. Because you haven't communicated what you want. See, Paul says God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes you firmly by the hand and he leads you out into a radical life change. 
And if right now your life is about being safe and not communicating what you want, then you're cutting yourself off. You have to pray for the insight to know that internal world, your desires, your hopes, your dreams. And you've got to be vulnerable. And you've got to be courageous so that you can communicate those wants. Because that's what brings other people into that life. That's what creates intimacy. That intimate life is what God wants with you. And that intimate life that you desire with other people is what's going to make this life worth living. One of my favorite chapters in all the Bible is John chapter 15. And this is the intimacy that God wants. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He said, when you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic. That same kind of joining with other people, with God, that's what life is all about. But you have to know what it is that you want. Separated from God, you can't produce a thing. And separated from other people, you can't produce a thing either. That's a life that gets thrown out. That is discarded. Create that intimate life. Learn how to communicate your wants so that you can enjoy real intimacy with God and with others. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.